0: Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Andrea Epstein, and you are listening to the Direct Impact Podcast. So grateful for all of our listeners to be part of this. We've got an amazing speaker episode coming your way today. We don't get to do speaker episodes very often, but I think you are going to really, really be glad you showed up for this one. We're going to be talking to Orsi Cook, and she is absolutely an amazing human being doing so much good in her community, helping survivors of domestic violence and abuse situations and their pets, which is so exciting. So before I do a full on full on introduction of Orzee, um I just want to remind all of our listeners of our mission on the Direct Impact podcast. We explore all the many, 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 many ways we might enhance our mental health. And leave a positive and life-giving impact in our wake. And we wanted to have Orzee on because she's certainly doing that. Orzee is a dedicated advocate for domestic violence survivors and their beloved pets. With a passion for creating safe and loving environments, both for humans and animals, she established Praline's Backyard Foundation with the goal of breaking barriers faced by survivors with pets Driven by her own experiences and fueled by compassion, Orsi leads the charge in raising awareness about the challenges survivors encounter when seeking safe housing for their pets. Through her dynamic leadership, Praline's Backyard Foundation has become a beacon of hope for countless families and their beloved pets. So welcome, Orsi. Did I get all that right?
1: Oh, you did. You did awesome. It's like it's so humbling to hear somebody talk about. It. She's like, oh, okay, yeah, it, that sounds pretty cool, <laughs> isn't it? It's like,
0: yeah. oh, oh my gosh, you know, oh, I I, I have that. done a lot in my life. <laughs> <laughs> what really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know you,
1: that's, that's, yeah,
0: you are doing amazing and wonderful things, and I so appreciate you as a psychotherapist um, working with people who are in. Oh, in going through, have survived, trying to avoid domestic abuse and violence situations um, and recovering from the trauma endured. I can tell you that there are so many, and you know this, so mm-hmm. many reasons why, especially if there's a trauma bond there, so many mental, emotional, physical, physiological reasons that it's hard to get out of that and then when you add yeah. housing for your pet on top of it, your beloved animal, my gosh, you know that really is a tremendous barrier. When you're there's so many challenges in leaving already.
1: Yeah, so definitely.
0: I'd love to hear a little bit more about your foundation and about your lived experience and why you why you started this.
1: Good. Thank you. Um, for years, I guess my initial my mom growing up, my mom always had us volunteer, and so even when I went to college, I continued to volunteer at a hotline, like a, um, a helpline. And so that was, and also was getting an undergrad degree in psychology, also as part of that um, as well. And so I was like, so I I, get, I would get calls um, through that aspect. And then when I finished college, I went and volunteered at domestic violence shelter for years. And then I saw a recurring theme of survivors would go back to be, they, the, the one of the reasons would, they would go back to be with their pet, not necessarily with the abuser, but with their pet. And it really hindered survivors from Come from healing from that process because they're so worried about their pet, so they would go back. And so during that time, I didn't have the space or the resources or even the know how to think about how to address this barrier. But I did recognize that's a problem. Like I, I understand people wanting to go back to get their pet, or be with their pet. But it's like what can we do to do that to really stop that from happening? And then later on, like right before COVID. I was volunteering at the main society before I left the shelter and not gone to the main society because my passion is still animals. And so I um I would see survivors come in and relinquish ownership of their pet, um, which is a responsible thing to do. If you're going into a housing situation and you can no longer care for your pet, definitely um relinquish ownership to some people that can help with their pet. So but still no survivor should do that when they want to keep their pet. Like they're giving, it, they're giving them up because they're going through this transition that it may it it may take a few months to get there. But they don't want to really relinquish it. They just need some space. What often I tell people all the time is survivors are resilient, strong people. What they often lack are resources when they leave. Right. They're ready to That's leave. Right. What happens when they leave? It's like, it's like a, no safety net. And so if you don't have a safety net, you, you, you kind of, you stay where you are just because you don't, the, the wor- something you don't know if it's going to be worse when you leave without having that safety net. And so hence having those experiences and in the midst of COVID, the mental balance rates went up and I knew, I have friends in the space and I knew what happens when it comes to pets. And I was like, I can do something. Let, what can I do? And so then I, I, I birthed, um, always, I had my, my dog services business, then I birthed, let me do this in terms of partying with pet boarding facilities and pet bosses, because what I recognized if it's working in the pet space, that every night there are pet boarding facilities across Atlanta and across the U.S. really that are have housing that can house someone's pet because they're not overboarding facilities are not packed, right? It's not like an event happening and all the pet boarding facilities are full. And right. so if we have space at a pet boarding facility and we have a survivor who is struggling to leave an abuser and they have a pet, why can't we give a, um, fill that, that need for a survivor and an empty space at a pet boarding facility to fill that space, right? And so I'm partnering with pet boarding facilities to provide that housing for survivors. Some pet boarding facilities give it to us at a discounted rate are free depending on their ability. However, definitely partnering with pet boarding facilities because that's I, I believe in, many hands may light work. I can't do this all, um, but I definitely like to support pet boarding facilities. And of course, pet fosters, because I don't want a pet to stay into stay in a boarding facility for an extended period of time. Cause that's just right. like, that's traumatizing even for the pet as well. So you we want to transition mm-hmm. that pet into a home type environment, which would be the pet foster. And so that's how it all got started. <laughs>
0: Listen up, Direct Impact Nation. You know how important routine, structure, consistency, and accountability is on the road to recovery and personal discovery. Well, I have developed the perfect companion for you on your journey. My Plan to Recover Journal is thoughtfully and specifically designed for the person looking to achieve long-term success in recovery while gaining personal insight, awareness, emotional intelligence, and spiritual integrity. The Plan to Recover Journal will help you stay recovery-minded, practice your priorities, and build a healthy relationship with self and others, 12 hours at a time. To preview and pre-order your copy today, visit www.lightninginabottle.biz backslash journal. That's www.lightninginabottle.biz backslash journal. And don't forget, to get a PTR journal for a friend on their journey too. Direct Impact Nation will save 15% when you use the promo code IMPACT. That's promo code I-M-P-A-C-T. With the purchase of your PTR journal, you will become part of an exclusive community dedicated to recovery and self-discovery. Visit www.lightninginabottle.biz and let us take you from want to to willing and from willing to healing. love that. I love that story. Thank you so much for sharing it. And, you know, you, you have identified one of many barriers to someone leaving when they're wrestling with all of that ambivalence. Mm -hmm. You know, when they're in the midst of, you know, trying to negotiate, you know, the how to leaving, there's just so much that goes into it. And you're like, okay, if this is going to be one of the barriers, let's remove that one. You know, let's create a safe Mm -hmm. space for the pet so that you don't have to have that gnawing at the back of your mind in addition to everything else you're about to go through in that transition. Yeah, yeah. Good for yeah. good for you. How do you, in, in your your opinion, see mental health impacting this?
1: Oh, definitely. Because I think I, I get I get responses from survivors that have left 10 years ago or five years ago and they left their pet with their abuser. Um and they have so many barriers to healing because either sometimes or some instances they do know what happened to their pet and it was negatively that, that pet could have died under unquestionable situations. And so that survivor really struggles with. Letting go of that, like just letting healing from that. Like you did, what was best for you at the time. Your pet. I always tell people, your pet is really they want the best for us. And so, one thing that we can do, so just healing with that aspect, and then know that even when a survivor, when I experienced domestic violence shelter, and even today, when I encounter survivors, they really struggle with. Um, making the decision to leave and then unknowing, not knowing what happens to their pet. And so when you have that happen, it really hinders the survivor's healing. If their pet, they don't know, are they, They either they left their pet or they have their pet is unstable. So it, it can't, they can't even recover because they're dealing with wondering if something to happen to their pet or just all of that. And so if we take that off the plate, having their pet taken care of, then they can really address their own mental health um, concerns in terms of healing from just the, um, the narcissistic behavior that they have had impacting their life and how, their thought processing, all of that contributes to a survivor's healing.
0: One of the things I'm hearing you say, Orzi, is that it really does have a negative impact on the survivor's ability to heal, you know, following all of the trauma. They're trying to heal from the abuse cycle, from the experiences that they endured in that pattern, that cycle of abuse, and they don't need that one more thing uh, mm-hmm. to worry about because there is such a healthy bond that's been established between them and their animals. Like mm-hmm. that pet is that safety blanket. That pet is that healthy bonding that they had. That pet for probably a lot of people is the one reason they got out of bed to feed yeah. and love on their pet. I mean, so to lose that, I mean, that's huge. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Is, and their pets are often their therapy. Their pets yeah. are, pets can be our therapy for us. And so definitely when we're going through trauma, our pets are therapy. They're relaxing, they're calming to us. It's a sense of like, I can't control everything around me, but my pet, I can she she'll love me. I can cuddle her. And just even like there's um, there's light pressure therapy, which I'm sure you're familiar with. Even just having a pet close to you that 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 calms your heart down. It's just whatever you're going through. So that is that that alone is really helpful to a survivor. Um, so yeah, Absolutely. to all of us, not even just society, but to all of us, but imagine going through abuse is even more so needed or helpful,
0: and I think all of us who have a beloved pet or animal in their life, I have a pig. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh cool, and, and Peppa the pig is my beloved. But you know, we also we have we have cats and we've had basset hounds. and I, but I can tell you that the calming effect, um, how it really calms your central nervous system, to be mm-hmm. close, to be connected, to press them against, to get that release of oxytocin that says you're safe and you're gonna be okay, to lose that in the midst yeah. of yeah. all of the trauma. Um, I can I can imagine it has a real negative impact. It, it, you know, in addition to it would it would prolong the process yeah. of healing.
1: And that's what it, it prolongs the process of healing. That that uncertainty about what's happening to your pet are just mm-hmm. And and you and, and really you making those steps to move forward to your healing are hindered because you're wondering what's happening to your pet or just all that because you're was already you're uncertain about your housing right if you don't if you don't have the means even if you do have the means it's like am I going to save my mom my sibling and all the dynamics of that because I'm thinking I can't even live with my mom or my dad or my, and my siblings it's like because you're I'm like yeah I'm not, I don't want to go there right not that they're right. not helpful and great but it's like do I want to live with them again and then if you have to in a situation for a few months or whatever it is. You're dealing with that. So do you want to have another thing to deal with? And so it's just like, how can we balance that out for you? I mean,
0: finances, resources, kids, pets, housing. I mean, like you name it, there is a lot going on and they don't need one more thing. Yeah, exactly. You know, one more thing to have resistance and ambivalence around is not going to help somebody as they're contemplating leaving an abusive situation. Okay, listen up. I just need to say how life-changing Canva has been for our team. It packs the value of one, maybe even two, full-time employees saving me thousands. It is valuable money and time that I can put back into my business. Thank you, Canva, for making all the things possible. Use Canva for your social media posts, professional graphics, presentations, digital courses, posters, videos, logos, and much, much, much more. Canva is a must-have for real, y'all. With thousands of professional templates, images, and quality content to choose from, it's like having an experienced graphic designer and content creator in my pocket. With Canva, you can collaborate with your team and tackle projects together in real time. At Lightning in a Bottle and the Direct Impact Podcast, we use Canva for just about everything. And honestly, I don't want to imagine doing business or engaging our amazing community without it. For all these reasons, we have become a Canva affiliate. Please go to our show notes and check out Canva, www.canva.com. Go to our show notes and check them out. And don't forget to use our promo code, IMPACT, to support this podcast.
1: Now, back to the show. And like I mentioned, it really is about how we as an environment, we as a community, as a collective, can provide support and resources to survivors to encourage them to leave unhealthy living situations, right, and so that's what we're trying to do with Praline's backyard in terms of address one. What we there, as you mentioned, there are a multitude of issues, right, a multitude of barriers to prevent survivors from leaving. But let not let it not be because of lack of housing for your pet. We want we want to take that off your plate. That's one less concern you have to have, right, um, and so that. That's one of the things. That's one of my major. That is the major um, impetus of Frayling's Backyard Foundation is to make, give survivors that assurance to know you can leave. That your pet is not the reason you're not leaving. Because I'm going to we're going to provide this resource, this safety net for you and your pet.
0: Yeah, and I keep in my heart. I just keep going back to this: how traumatic and how abusive it is when abuse is perpetuated by your perceived protector, right? And so mm-hmm. when that's happening, and in a you know a domestic violent situation your animal has been your protector <laughs> and losing yeah. that in addition to i mean again i just my, my heart really goes out to all survivors and all who are contemplating leaving an abusive situation so if one of our listeners is has found themselves in that type of dynamic where it is mentally emotionally physically physiologically abusive for them or unsafe can you tell me about what that process would look like for them if they have an animal that they need to consider?
1: Gotcha. Sure. Go to our website at pralinesbackyardfoundation.org. On the heading of that page, it says for survivors. You click on that heading and it says, it clicks just and request housing for your pet. When you do that, you're going to, a form will come up. You fill out all the information about, not about yourself, but about your pet. Um, in a sense of like um, your pet is a cat or a dog, a pig or a rabbit, <laughs> whatever the situation is. And does your pet get along with a variety of other animals? Because we want to know that because we want to place that pet with a pet foster and be able to make sure that 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 union is harmonious. We need to make sure what's your pet is accustomed to being around. Um, we want to place that pet with a foster who can accommodate the needs of your pet. Um, and so, and also I always encourage survivors as well, because when you're, contemplating leaving also have your vaccination records for your pet because what delays sometimes us assisting is we have to pay we got to get your pet um the vaccination records updated and then if we don't we have to pay for it. We, we, we work with a veterinary office to get that updated as well but if you have them the records definitely have them as part of your go bag when you leave when you depart um and so that's what we um We do. And so they fill out this form. Once they fill out that form, we use dubert.com. Dubert is a resource for pet fosters across the US that volunteer to foster pets. Um, And then they fill that out immediately. We have a volunteer that calls the survivor to say, We got your request. Do you need immediate housing for your pet? And if they need immediate housing for your pet, are you ready to leave right now? Then let's find you a pet boarding facility. We'll contact a pet boarding facility. They can either drop the pet off of that boarding facility or we can provide transport for that pet to get to the pet boarding facility. Um, and, then, and then we'll house that pet at a pet boarding facility for seven days. During that seven days, we are working diligently trying to find a foster to match that pet. Um, and then after that seven days, we put that, that pet within a pet foster situation. We're continually keeping the survivor up to date, up to date on their pet um, along with the pet boarding facility. And then um, during those six months, the, the foster will continually update me on the pet and i will update the survivor and then if a unification comes it kind of goes in the reverse the foster takes the pet boarding the pet back to the pet boarding facility and the survivor will get that pet from that pet boarding facility or is transported however however initially went off that's how that will end as well and so that's so if you ever if your survivor needs help today go to our website um click on for survivors it'll stop you it'll walk you through the process to request housing Or your pet, and what often happens is people will contact us, but they're not necessarily ready today. They're just wanting to know what the plan is when they get ready to leave. And so I'll give them all that and just encourage them and and follow up with them because I'm always like I I like to follow up with people because just know we're still waiting for we're here for you when you're ready. Not trying to push you, but just know that we're here because people need to have assurance that when they do leave, we're here. But because that is is also developing a relationship to know that you can trust me. I'm just here to support you and your pet.
0: I love that. And you answered my next question because there is a cycle that people go through in their um, in that abusive cycle, right? So mm-hmm. so that things are good for a little while before the tension starts to build again, and then there's the fallout again. Mm-hmm. So my question was going to be, how do people prepare? You know, mm-hmm. they know that there's a cycle. they know that they're caught up in it. Can they mm-hmm. go ahead and contact you and prepare for the next time, you know, the proverbial shit hits the fan, right? Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, yeah. Because I tell people all the time, I get, I probably get like 10 calls a day and I'll probably help actually one per one or two people, depending on just the situation, because they're not ready. Cause I'm ready. I'm ready to help you right now. Like I can call the pet boy facility. I can start the foster network because we have, a, I have volunteers. I'm so thankful and volunteers are awesome. So, volunteers, if you don't volunteer, please volunteer whatever, whatever cause. You love, please support them in volunteering your time, your resources, a like, a share, all of that helps. So, because I, have, but back to my volunteers. Sorry, I got off a tangent. Um, volunteering, and so they they immediately want to hit the road, hit the ground running to find a pet boarding facility, find a foster, and like even my foster network. They probably get emails and newsletters from me all the time, like. I said, can y'all somebody volunteer? Somebody get this pet, like wherever they are. And then and then they become people that have because everyone that donates to me or buys a t-shirt or follows me and they send, send me their email, they're part of the the email cycle. It's like, but do you know someone in this neighborhood? Like if I have somebody in, I'll say, um Kansas City, right? And so they'll start like, oh, let me send this to my friends in Kansas City. Because you need to stop sending these emails. And I'm like, I'm all about it. Many hands make light work. And so it. spread it. I, I tell people spread the email. Share it as wide as you can, because I'm trying to find oh, yeah a survivor of foster as soon as possible.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I could go on that tangent with you for probably another hour and a half on how volunteers are absolutely the backbone of our communities. Like they hold this stuff together, man. So thank you for everybody who is out there volunteering their time, their resources, their energy, their talents to give back to their community because you're holding it together. You're the ones holding it together. So thank you so much. For supporting causes like this. I mean, it makes all the difference. So, www.pralinesbackyardfoundation.org. And um, I'm going to go ahead and spell that out for our audience, but it's P R A L I N E S backyard foundation. okay.org. And yes. please if you know of anybody, um if you are considering contemplating Um, when it might um, when again you might feel like you're getting to that place where you're ready to leave an abusive situation please go ahead and reach out you know get your ducks in a row Uh, that's really really important Um, so thank you so much for everything you do if you had a call to action for our audience what would your call to action be
1: my goal is always to educate 10 million people. 10 million people each year in the United States experience domestic violence. Each one of those survivors needs an advocate. So can you be an advocate and follow Praline's Backyard on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, threads, YouTube, everywhere. And when you follow, share it with one person. And so that way it just makes a domino effect. Because gonna, I want to I want to raise awareness of my 10 million people for each, um, each survivor. I want to have an advocate. And so that that happens when each of us does and simple things such as like and share and follow. Uh,
0: absolutely. I and mean, I, I think people really underestimate the direct impact that they have <laughs> when they just do that one thing. And I mean, I think for for a lot of us, it seems almost too small to consider. Mm-hmm. But it has such a huge life giving and, you know, it, it, domino effect.
1: Right, And exactly. it amplifies so. the voice, and the the social media algorithms just like go crazy. Like, oh, okay, this is something of interest, and because when we show interest, in, I'll say the stupidest thing can go viral overnight, right? And so why can't yeah. why can't something that's really helpful and really raise awareness about a really serious concern that survivors have each day? Why can't we make that amplify that voice just as well? I did a t- October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, so I'm trying to do, highlight different statistics around domestic violence, and one is one in three people either know someone who's been a survivor of domestic violence or is a survivor of domestic violence. And so once we realize how close the issue is to us, then maybe we can help raise awareness to the broader community. Yeah. And our
0: community knows several, (laughs) many, many, many. And I hope that they are going to be able to hear this and see the impact that they can make um, in the lives of others by getting involved. And because we can, choose to gravitate towards life-giving content. We can Mm -hmm. make that choice. um, And I hope that's what we're doing, you know, helping people, encouraging them to do that. Thanks so much, Orzi, for coming on today. You have made a
1: direct impact. Thank you. Thank you for allowing me to be a part of it. Absolutely.